Hello and welcome back to Unsustainable. This is episode 28 for the 2nd of February 2022. Today I was planning, I'm going to talk about why we're poor. And by we're, I mean millennials. And this is what, I've, in the research for this, I've uh, I've come across some interesting opinions and, um, I'm not going to say facts, but whatever is between, in the middle ground between opinions and facts. But let's, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at the issue. Boomers have more wealth than millennials by a long shot and not just um not just now but in you know at the same age adjusted for inflation they have they had more wealth uh, they also have more children and one of the things that this means and this is something that I'd not really seen uh, explored before um this means that what they leave behind is going to be split more ways and this t- sounds quite cynical like why should you wait for your why should you be waiting for your boomer parents to die for you to be able to afford anything um but let's carry on with it the house they leave for example if they if they bought a house and that's their that's their their nest egg or their you know the thing that they're going to pass on to their kids on average for their generation they had 2.19 children so an average of 2.19 obviously i hope you understand averages because obviously no one's having 0.19 of a child but you get you get the gist of it so it's going to be split between an average of 2.19 people uh and this results usually in the selling of you know the family home and that means splitting the money that means that house goes on the market that usually more expensive house goes on the market because of this the housing market mean it because of the housing market sorry this means that the amount left over is is probably not enough to to increase anyone's wealth enough to buy their own home so if you are in that situation, you're waiting for an inheritance to buy your own home. Sometimes this, it doesn't actually even mean that you can afford to buy your own home. Or if you can, it still leaves you in in a, in a big chunk of debt. And this is a real issue because of how much wealth is tied up in that generation. Also, because millennials have been struggling to buy homes, they end up renting later into life. And, you know, this is another reason why waiting on inheritance is some people's only chance to buy because they're not able to to save the money because rent's so, so high and wages are so low. They've not been able to save the money to, to you know, to, to put down a deposit. And this, like I said, it's it's a cynical way to look at it because you know we sh- we shouldn't be waiting on a generation to die off so that we can inherit some of their wealth. But this is a 
this is a potentially a real problem. The other thing they've not just they've not just sort of screwed things up that way, and I'm not saying that that you know your parents' generation screwed things up intentionally. I'm not saying that the boomer generation as individuals did anything wrong. You know, they bought a house. They might think that they were, you know, they might look back on it now and be like, oh, we were savvy. They they weren't savvy. They needed a house. They bought a house. Houses were pretty affordable. And because of that, they had this pretty good investment. But there are some other things in there that inflated that investment, but also means that it's impossible now. Not impossible. It's difficult now to to afford to buy a house. Regulations were changed towards the end of the housing boom, meaning that cheap housing that had been built, the, the, the construction of cheap houses came to a halt. The boomer generation and and above were basically after the war were building lots and lots of houses. There was lots of social housing. There was lots of just just a booming construction. So there was plenty more houses being built. This helped with the supply and demand issue that we we see with housing. But what happened because of this is that everyone was seeing all these houses being built, and they're like, oh. There's bits of the countryside being destroyed. There's there's development in places we don't really want to see development. The suburbs had been built and then people were like, well, we don't want to see any more of this. Um, and then there was also, oh, we did, you know, these, these flats have been built. We don't want to see more flats, high rises. We just don't like that. And so they were building houses for themselves, but then they were kind of going, oh, we don't want to build any more, though. We've, we're kind of sorted now. Uh, and so the, the, houses, the houses were built. They were all relatively affordable. But they kind of saw this as, oh, there's too many being built. And the best way to solve this was to say no more houses, or at least the most feasible way possible for them to say no more houses and it was to put restrictions in the way so as to make it basically impossible to build any new housing at a meaningful scale, a scale that would affect the house prices today. And so you've got this this hoarding of wealth, a, a sort of unintentional hoarding of wealth and a economic climate that means that we are earning less than our parents' generation. And as well as that, we've got a lack of housing because of the restrictions put in place after the boomer generation got their houses built. And so you end up with like a... It's it's becoming like a bit of a perfect storm of... of issues that make us as millennials you know we're in our 30s approaching 40 and we are we're 
you know, we're poor comparatively. And this is, as a rule, I, I don't find that I am particularly poor in myself. But to, to be in that position, I've had to personally redefine what wealth is. What I'm, what I'm sort of getting at is that if you just try and do it the way that your parents did it and just go out and get a, get a job and, um, and try and progress through the ranks and buy a house and have some kids, the chances of you being able to do that are, you know, they're, they're more like two thirds compared to nearly a hundred percent mixing, mixing my metaphors there. But there's stats that say that the, the buying power for, for property for millennials is something akin to about 60%. Whereas in the, in the boomer generation, they were, they were looking at more like 90 odd percent chance of buying a house. So we are kind of poorer, but I think a lot of us have, have managed to redefine what it means to be wealthy and especially the generation after us, they are really, really redefining what it means to be wealthy. They are looking at us, the millennials, and they are saying, look, you inherited some shit, but you also made it even worse. You accepted the gig economy, you accepted things like Uber, you accepted things like zero-hour contracts, you accepted all these things that means that what we're seeing as Gen Z is we're seeing a whole generation of people who work just like no matter how hard you work, you're not guaranteed any success. And so Gen Z are sort of going, we've got one life, let's live it. And and so we're, they're not necessarily... We're, we're still seen as the lazy generation, but Gen Z are seen as the, the sort of hedonistic generation, I think is probably how they're seen. And I wonder, um, I've, see, I've seen it recently debunk the idea that the fourth turn in that book is really great. Two, two videos that I'll link below, um, the Van Nystat video, um, and the, I can't remember what his name is, the guy from Vox. Both did videos about generations and, and vans I much prefer. But the guy from Vox, he he made some interesting points. Although some of the things that he said were just came, came across as, as pedantic. So he sort of deconstructed the idea of the fourth turn-in, which is there's a sort of cyclical uh, effect of of generations. So you get this, um, this divide and one generation um, comes up after a, a great sort of tragedy, you know, a, a, some sort of mass tragedy, be that like a world war or a famine, civil war or whatever. And then you kind of get the the people who start to build stability. Then you get like the 
the nomad generation who who want to fix stuff, and then you get the the artist generation, and it goes in this this cycle, and and there's there's attributes that you can identify in in different generations. But the in this video, the guy from the guy from Vox sort of says, well, actually, generations are just made up. Well, obviously, they're just made up. Like the terms for all these things are made up because they are. They're human constructs. There were no generations if you go back to the the Middle Ages. Like life was just the same. It was the same for your grandparents, and it was the same for your great grandchildren. Everything was just as nothing changed. But we have to identify that stuff changes. And he, the reason I think his look on it was pedantic because he was saying like, "Oh, generations aren't a thing." But then he also said, well, generations are a thing, but in a different way to what you would think. So he was saying that generations aren't a thing, but this other thing that I'm not going to say is generations is a thing, and it's based on the time you were born. Well, yeah, and that's basically what generations are. You, you, The reason that boomers are the way they are and the reason that millennials are the way they are is because of the time that they were born in and the things that were happening around that time. And some of that stuff was, was quite universal, so it does apply to, to America and it applies to, to Europe. It applies slightly differently. Obviously, the boomer generation of Germany is a little bit different from the boomer generation of um, of America. Because the thing that triggered their their generation was post-war. You know, it was it was the the aftermath of the Second World War, and so I think he was being a bit pedantic uh, in saying that. Generate. He was basically saying that the fourth turning idea was like astrology, because you kind of go, "Oh, I see. I, yeah, it it fits that that works," because I'm seeing all these things put together. But it's like astrology because you're sort of post-rationalizing or you're saying things that are general enough that it fits. But then in Van Neistat's video, he mentions the fact that this book was written in like 1998 and it predicts basically what's happening now. And I've not read this book. I do intend to. It's on my list of books to read. I haven't got a copy of it yet, so I'm not sure when that will be. I'll... I'll be interested to make up my my own opinions on that, but that's the that's the crux of it. That's why we're sort of generationally poorer than our parents. Um, so, yeah, do with that what you will. Thank you for listening. I will see you in the next one.